Welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Crins. Travis, how are we doing? We're doing good. It's windy. It's cool. It's a, it's a cooler week here in Mitchell, South Dakota. Remember when it was like 80 degrees uh, last that week? That was like Monday. I was like literally a week ago it was 91, I think that was. Yeah. yeah. I've looked now at... It's I've looked 45. at I looked at the extended forecast. I don't. It's, it's maybe supposed to get 55 here next week sometime. Otherwise, we're looking at 40s and low 50s for the next two weeks. So everyone who thought that spring was here, it's like, ah, eh, maybe not so much yet. This is more normal. Yes. I mean, yep. that's, certainly. Yeah. So it's you know 50 like 50, 55, 57 is average, and this weekend we should be right around there. But you yeah. know. Yeah, 45 to 50 here to, to kick off the week. Very windy, which is usual. But, um, yeah, this, we got we got plenty of, plenty of cool weather coming. Yes, it's just weird after that very hot, above-average yeah. March that we are getting these temperatures here in April. Um, I believe it was on Monday. Everybody broke records, I think, on April 5th. Yes, yep. And so, so you got to 90 in Sioux Falls. And that's the earliest ever it's ever been 90 degrees in yeah. Sioux Falls, April 5th. Yuck. Yuck. Previous record was like April 12th. I don't like 90 degrees, period. I, I can't imagine liking 90 degrees on April 5th. It wasn't too bad because it was, as we say, it was a dry heat. Yes. It wasn't very humid. It's not very humid in April. It's the- so that was a good thing. It was, it was plenty warm at 90 um, five days after March. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was bearable. If that's the only way you can enjoy, or shouldn't even say enjoy, tolerate the heat, gotta be. is if it's gotta a dry be. heat. Dry heat. It's got to be the dry heat. People love Arizona. It gets 120 degrees. It's a little Got to imagine that's warm. Yeah. But uh, it's a dry heat in Vegas, hot as hell. But it's probably better than 80 in Florida. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the Gulf with a 75-degree yeah. dew point. Um. Let's just start out with the um, the difficult news to, to discuss and uh, how it relates to sports here briefly, and then we'll move on to more joyous things like the Masters and so on and so forth. But uh, another police shooting in Brooklyn Center this time in, Min- in uh, Minnesota, suburb, I believe, north of the cities. I believe that's where we went to play Top Golf when. Uh, oh, yes, it was like two and a half miles from Top Golf, I believe. Yeah. Um, and 20-year-old black kid pulled over. It, how it sounds is that he was pulled over like air fresheners in his car. At least that's what he was telling his mom. The, the police officer uh, thought they were, she was pulling out her taser and pulled out the gun instead and shot the kid. It's, just, it's bad. They did release video. So at least there appears to be some... Um, it looks like more accountability here in this. To what to what extent? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe accountability is not quite the right word, but uh, certainly we don't want to see another uh, kind of George Floyd situation here as it pertains to sports. All three Minnesota, and I even think the Minnesota United, uh, the soccer club here, is uh, also postponed the game. But uh, all three were scheduled. The Twins were supposed to take on the the Red Sox to, on Monday at Monday afternoon. The Timberwolves were supposed to play host to the Brooklyn Nets and the Minnesota Wild and, and the NHL were supposed to host the St. Louis Blues. All three teams postponed their games. That's the right call, especially with curfews in effect for all over the cities. 
It's just another tragic situation, especially when all eyes on of the world, or at least the, the United States, are on Minneapolis right now with the Derek uh, Chauvin trial here regarding the murder of George Floyd. Uh, it's just, it, it's just another thing. It's a, it's almost like you know. If we talk about mass shootings, like oh, it's just it's another mass shooting. Here it is, another police office officer shooting uh, involving an African American, uh, and it's it just sucks. It, it it really does. Have you seen the video? I've seen parts of it. It looked like the the kid was trying to get back into his car, which was probably yeah, not the that. right thing to do. Um, but. It, it, yeah, it it it, it, certainly, it was not the right thing to do. Uh, there's no other way around it. I, I still don't know if pulling him over was necessarily the right thing to do either. But, um, well, what are your thoughts on the video? You can't resist arrest. I mean, yeah, she made a mistake, so she's at fault. Uh, the victim is at fault for trying to escape and yep. drive away, which he actually got shot and he drove away for a little bit and he died. So... I don't know. It's just guns. The whole thing's about guns. That's the whole thing about it. Yep. Shooting the people, gun. Shooting the kids, gun. I mean, that's... Yeah, we talked about it a lot. It's a simple solution. You get rid of the guns, you get rid of the problem. So, yeah, just going to keep on keep on happening. So there's no... People can protest, people can riot, whatever. It's not going to change. Nothing's going to change. So... It, you can't resist uh, arrest. Like, it, it's just that, that simple. Um... And, and, the, and the twin, I mean, I can understand the wild and uh, the wolves canceling or postponing their games. The twins, they could have played their game. I mean, it was one in the afternoon. There's no curfew. There's no protests. Game would have been done by now as we talk it late afternoon on Monday. So they could have got their game in. And if you're going to cancel or postpone it, like, like do it. Before the players get there, do it before mm-hmm. the fans are there. The fans, they had to have a day off of work or whatever they had to do. Yeah. They had to pay for parking to get to the game. And then at 1.30, they say, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we're not having this game. I should have started a half hour ago. So yeah, uh, I, do, do better in that aspect. Yeah, they, they should have been far more proactive with, their, uh, with canceling the game or postponing it. Uh, I can't tell people how they're supposed to to grieve and stuff. I can only express, you know, how I feel. And um, I think certainly, I think sports should take a back seat to situations like this. Um, so I'm okay with them postponing the game. But yeah, it probably needs to get done a little quicker. Um, I was surprised that at least the twins. I was surprised. Like the the game was ready to go off. It was a weather delay, I believe, and. It's not going to be warm this week, and they probably aren't going to play tomorrow. So, um, whatever that's worth. But um, I was surprised. I, it's like you know, yeah. the safety of the fans. I mean, it's they're going to be fine. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of people there. As far as I know, there's no riots or protesting right now. If that's going to happen, that's going to be in the evening. So they'd be fine. I still, so I, I don't know. I still think though, because you're you need you're using police officer resources and stuff for those fans that are going to the game, you know, the traffic walks and everything like that. So I think obviously if there are going to be protests and stuff, you don't want fans once the game gets done kind of getting intermingled with that and getting caught in the crossfire 
or crosshairs, so to speak. Uh, maybe that's a, a poor term to use. But you also are then using, use, utilizing resources from the police departments that should be, be, that would be better served to handle any potential protests, any potential rioting, destruction of property, which is an absolute no-no. I am so steadfastly against that. You can't do that. Um, so I, I am, I am fine with them, uh, postponing the game here. Everyone needs to take a moment, just, you know, uh, you know, out of the, the twin said it was out of respect, uh, for Dante Wright and his family. Uh, it, everyone just needs, I think sports does not need to go on during situations like this. And again, it comes in the backdrop of the Derek Chauvin, trial uh for the murder of george floyd so um they should probably move this series because if why they why would they play tomorrow if they're not playing today unless something like what's going to change in 24 hours that they're going to say we're not going to play monday but tuesday we're going to play well they could be waiting to see what the curfew is like um that's just i guess a, a thought or a possibility here i'm trying to i'm pulling up the twin schedule right now to see when they, so 1 o'clock tomorrow, and then they got a night game Wednesday, and then another afternoon game Thursday. And right. then they go on the road somewhere to, like, Pittsburgh or something. I want to see when they play Boston to see if it would be oh. easy to to swap the series. Um, I had seen them going to Chicago or Milwaukee or somewhere like that. But I don't think they're going to switch it to Boston. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see if that I means it could be a weather delay tomorrow, too. But, I mean, we'll see what type of protests and riots there are tonight, which mm-hmm. would be a chilly night. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you set a curfew, and the people really don't listen to the curfew. Um, so, you, you don't shoot them. You don't need to shoot them. You don't need to, you don't need to tear gas them. You don't need to do anything like that. Destruction of property, is, though, you got to do something for. I have no. The, what, what you do is you take a fire truck, you get a fucking fire hose, and you just down these people in water. It's water. You. Well, you want to be on the other side of a fucking water hose? No, thank you. Well, and you just disperse. Right. And you want to be out when it's thirty degrees out tonight? Uh, in water, no. So you say, you know, eight o'clock, ten o'clock, whatever the curfew is going to be. So, all right, you have an hour, you have 30 minutes, you have 15 minutes to get the fuck off the streets. If you don't, we're going to get uh, some water hoses and we're going to, we're going to drown your asses. So the, something like that. I, I just think when I hear water hoses and you taking it to protest, I think of what the, the, the March in Selma, Alabama, what was sure. that? 1960, was that 63, 60, it was in the sixties. Um, that, I mean, that's not an ideal situation. I don't know. It, it's just don't destroy. Don't destroy property. Don't riot. It's just. And you're gonna need the fire trucks anyway for the burning building. So may as well uh, just yeah. two birds, one stone. The Twins and the Red Sox play in Boston the 25th, 26th, and 20. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. 24th, 25th, 26th of August. So if there is an opportunity to, to swap for those. And there, that I guess that would be for me. I think that that seems the most ideal. But you do have a empty dome like two miles up the road in which you could play baseball. Empty dome. Or the U.S. Bank Stadium. 
Oh, oh yeah. Like oh, my gosh. oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah. I was thinking Metrodome. I was like, that's, that's, that's towards out. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Like you could play there. Though, I assume it's set up right now for baseball. It has been for a while. Probably, unless they're doing yeah. a. I know they're using like vaccination sites too. So I mean, that yeah, could be. I think yeah, I think that is a vaccination site now. But like they, they never utilize that for weather, and you can't. Should be a task to move everything there, but they've got most of it there. It's just, you know, the locker rooms and the equipment and uh, uniforms and things like that be a pain in the ass. But, mm-hmm. and not that it makes a difference here, it's more of a weather thing. But uh, I think it, it looks like a great stadium for baseball. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like the Metrodome uh, layout and, you know, all these Big Ten teams and all mm-hmm. the Midwest teams can play a bunch of games there. Uh, so just just for looking at the schedule, if they were to move it to Boston for the three games, uh, it would put the the Twins then would have a cross country flight from Boston to Los Angeles. Again, that's not ideal, but if you do have an afternoon game on Thursday, because it is a three game series in Boston, so you could then switch it with the August series and do uh, like four games. Like have one with a doubleheader and then back to back on like the other game. So I mean, it's, I think it would work. I'm looking at uh, what Boston's schedule is like here, and uh, I don't think they're gonna switch to Boston. I I don't think so either. But I'm saying it's you have that option. It, yeah. it is an option, and the and the Indians, or I'm sorry, the the Red Sox would play the Cleveland Indians right after the Twin Series. So it's not like it would be a huge ordeal to swing the series from, you know, Boston to Minnesota, just flip it, because then the Red Sox play in Cleveland. So they don't have – flight-wise, it might actually work a little bit better for them flying from Minnesota to Cleveland. But uh, Either play these games, you can't play them in Milwaukee, which would be my number one option. Uh, because they're playing the Cubs right now. I think they're supposed to get play in the afternoon. They got night games against the Cubs, so a double I guess I don't know what to do with locker rooms. That's probably not good. So we also play probably in Chicago or Wrigley Field or somewhere. But uh, play these games, get them in. Might be delayed because of weather tomorrow. But uh, I'll play play a doubleheader. I don't know. Does something. anyone really want to watch the Twins right now? Because they kind of suck, uh, except for Byron Buxton. Yeah. Wait, we'll get watch the first watch the first eight innings and just don't tune in. Okay. Or the or extras or the tenth. Yeah, uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to more baseball talk here in a moment, but that that that's the kind of the situation right now that that's going on here in Minnesota and and as a Minnesotan, it's just I, I don't really know what to say. I, it's a lot of different emotions and stuff, kind of strange. I just it, it sucks. It's a terrible situation all the way around. Um, there is jubilation on the other side of the world in Japan right now, where uh, they are celebrating Japan's uh, the, the first male Japanese golfer winning a major. And that would be Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters on Sunday. And really, he did more of his damage on Saturday after the rain delay. And, it, and specifically, he did his damage on the par fives. At one point, he was 12 under on the par fives. One under on par threes and four. So he just lit it up there. Uh, I watched the entire last round and get to more of Matsuyama and like the impact and the just the pressure I'm sure that he felt 
uh, with this, you know, the entire country just kind of watching him and waiting for him to really explode as the, the truly great next superstar there in Japan. And I'm sure he's one of them all like beforehand. But as I'm watching this, I could, I, I've heard the argument made that Masters Sunday is for some people the best sporting day of the year. And I watched this entire final round on CBS. And I said, okay, I can think of multiple things that are better. March Madness, I get more excited for. I am much more into that. The NFL Draft, I would much rather watch the NFL Draft than the, the Sunday of the Masters. Because there is at least some drama in the, uh, the, the draft. There's not always drama in the final uh, Sunday at Augusta. Um, I would much rather watch the Super Bowl. Hell, I would much ra- I would much rather anticipate the NFL schedule coming out than the than Masters yeah. Sunday. I don't get the. I, I never felt like that. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited by this. This is like the best thing ever. Watching this event on Sunday, I can't imagine I'm the only one who feels this way. What do you What do you feel on this? We're not We're not golf fanatics, and I don't pay attention week to week and. I didn't really watch much of this tournament. I saw Justin Rose at the end of Thursday leading. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a no for me. Justin he Rose, sucked he's not appointment he television. He was terrible. Two over the final three rounds. Yeah. Justin Rose was a no. Jordan Spieth was close. He doesn't do anything for me either because he never wins. Uh, I mean, McElroy made the cut. Nope. Dustin Johnson didn't Dustin make the Johnson cut. Dustin Johnson didn't make the cut. So, top of the leaderboard was not good. Uh, yeah, Matt Siam has been around for a while. So, we've heard of him. He's good. Um, yeah, I didn't. I watched the final couple holes. That's about it. Name any Twins game in any part of the season. I'd rather watch that than the Masters. <laughs> he said, you can watch this Twins game in June against the Blue Jays, or you can watch the uh, this last round of the Masters. We'll say, I'll look at the Masters. They'll say, no, none of that interests me. I'll watch the Twins. I'm... You know, and, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And in previous years, if somebody was worth a damn that I care about, that was there, maybe I would. But there was nobody worth a damn that I cared about uh, on Sunday. So, don't care. And they always do. I mean, I, I did go to some Japanese website, and they did have a story on them. And they know the prime minister called the wind wonderful and source of pride and courage for the Japanese people and whatever the hell. And great for that. I mean, I think it's a little bit overdone. The, the whole nation, oh, this guy from Scotland, this guy from Japan, this guy from whatever country. Oh, they're going nuts for him. Do they give a shit he won the Masters? I don't know. I'm sure they care. It's fine. They do because like, golf is hugely popular in Japan. Very but popular. But it's not like they're fucking, I don't know. It's they shutting down schools for this shit? I, I don't know. It's like, the great, first. Yeah. He's it, the it, first. Middle, when, what time was it in Japan when this thing? In the middle of the night? 13, midnight? 13 hours ahead of East Coast time. So yeah, that's when they bad. Teed, this was in the middle of the night in Japan. When they teed off, it would have been, I think, 3 in the morning. When he teed off, I it mean, would have been 3.40? No. Yeah, 3.40 yeah. in the morning. And so by the time he's done, it's it's you know becoming like mid-morning. Yeah, like when people are waking up is when this thing's ending, you know, 6, 7 o'clock at night. So I, I don't know. It's fine, but but impacts, no. Like if anybody was going to have an impact, it was going to be black guy Tiger Woods. Tony and you know how many other black golfers were there 25 years after he won his first Masters? I don't know. Tony Finau, is he black? Yes, he is. That's the only black guy I can, I can name. So I have this thing of all oh, the impact. This this guy from this 
country or this race or this culture and the impact uh, he's he's on I don't I, I, I just don't see that in this instance or I don't really yeah I don't see the impact from from like the United States perspective that Matsuyama wins or anywhere this. I think I mean I think just for the mere fact that it's, he's the first Japanese male golfer ever to do it that is the significance of it I don't know what this will do necessarily for the sport of golf in Japan. I mean, like I said, Japan's already, uh, the golf is already very popular in the country. I don't know what it necessarily does there. It is historic in that regard. Um, I, I mean, I are, like there the, more, are there more black tennis players because of the Williams sisters of the past 25 years? Mm, I don't I, really, there's uh, Sloan Stevens. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so. I'd have to look a little further. And I mean, like nothing comes to mind. Like, oh yeah, these two black sisters when there's mm-hmm. not a lot of black players on tour, and now they've been great for twenty years. And does that mean there's going to be more black people playing tennis? I don't know. Are they going to get to this level where they're, you know, competing for U.S. Opens and whatever? I think it would. No. I, I I'll be very curious to see. You know, you know, down the line, maybe a decade from now, if, if there are more Japanese golfers that are on tour. I mean, you have to be a really good golfer to make the tour. So it maybe doesn't. Yes. It doesn't maybe necessarily mean like even on the golf side with Tiger Woods, like it doesn't mean that more African American people are making the tour. But I mean, they could be playing more golf. They just aren't as good. They aren't good enough to make the tour. So I don't. I think that's kind of an apples to oranges comparison here or, or argument to make. I think it can help the sport in the country. Like maybe it'll get more. Japanese men to, to golf more. Yeah, again, like I said, it's already a popular sport within Japan. I don't there's know. There's a lot of Asians. Like there's a lot of Asians on the uh, women's PGA Tour. Yes. Yep. South Korea is know. very big. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what the genesis of that is, but uh, I think the uh, other thing too, though, that you have to keep in mind is just given all of the hate, the the vitriol yeah, that that's that's being. Uh, sent to the Asian community in large part because of the the coronavirus and people calling it you know the China disease you know the the China virus and and what I mean it's just they've endured a lot here over this last year plus and it's not fair to them um, but there's been a lot of hate sent away there are a lot of hate crimes you just you you had like the spa uh, shooting down in Atlanta. Um, other incidents throughout that, that what that wasn't an didn't an Asian woman recently just get uh, like pushed down and kicked in front of a doorway at a New York apartment or something or New York hotel I think it was in New York um, I mean it's it's just these sorts of things are not they're just quite frankly un-American but I think for for in a member um, for someone of Asian descent to be able to do that kind of it's just that they wouldn't like okay yeah like this is a good moment for us i think that's something you know you can kind of hang you know, hold on to for a little bit a little bit of a hope a little bit of joy in what has been quite frankly a joyless year for many um so i do think it carries some weight there uh but again from from the matsuyama standpoint again just becoming that first japanese male golfer to win a major I think that holds a lot of significance too, and we'll see what it does, you know, for more uh, Japanese players on tour here down the line. The one, I, this this little pipe cleaner that I call him, Will Zalatoris, 
Um, he looks like he could, pipe cleaner. He's he's skinny as a pipe cleaner. Skinny. Right. He's skinny. Uh, he shot nine under. He made a little bit of a rally there, kind of put a little bit of pressure on Hideki later on. But he was a couple holes ahead, so Hideki knew what he had to do, and he bogeyed the 18th. But it was, I mean, it it was well hand. It's not like he had to save a, a putt for double bogey no. that would have cost him the tournament. He was fine. He had to make a two foot putt to win. Right. I mean, it's just it wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't a huge deal. Oh, he, he choked on the 18th. Not really. He just knew he needed to put it close, and then he would be able to tap in for bogey and win the Masters. But the Zalatoris guy, he seems like he could be someone. I mean, he the ball striking of this guy is, is incredible. Uh, his composure, he, I mean, I saw some uh, images online that he looks like the caddy from, uh, uh-huh. from Caddyshack. Uh, I could I can see that there, um, but I think he could he is someone who has some potential star power, uh, and it's a name just to keep in mind down the line. But how many how many golfers have we talked about? Oh, is this guy the next one? Uh, I've I'm completely about guilty. A couple of yeah, yeah. Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. We've heard of Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka. Um, uh, that asshole Bryson DeChambeau. Like, we've heard of all a oh, lot my. of these guys. Oh, they're the next superstar in golf. You know what? There are a lot of very good golfers there, but there's not this one great one. And maybe there are a lot of greats. There's just not one true star like there was with Tiger. There's not a dominant player. So you're not going to see all of these. I mean, the, the mere fact that you get Dustin Johnson missing the cut is evident in and of itself that... I mean, there's just not a dominant player. Who's, right who's the biggest star in golf? Give me a top three. The biggest star in golf is Tiger Woods, who's hopefully doesn't play again. Yep. Um, Number two is is anybody above Phil Mickelson yet? I think so. I biggest th- stars are not relevant at the moment. I think so. I would put. Oh, who would I put there? I would. I'm tempted to say Jordan Spieth still has that. Um, Rory is in the mix. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, like other than that, I mean, Dustin Johnson maybe. Yeah. Uh, but other than those guys, DeChambeau is. I, I he's starting. I, I would put him there because he's unlikable. People either like him or he's a villain. Don't at least he's got something. At least if he, if he would have been in the mix or leading, I would have watched this thing because he's a guy I want to watch. I don't give a shit about Matsuyama. I don't give a shit about mm-hmm. this other guy. Like if if Bryson DeChambeau's there, I'm gonna watch it. I'm interested. I don't hate the guy. I think it's interesting what he's doing because nobody's really ever done what he's doing right now, and mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hitting the ball as as far as as he hits it, that's intriguing to me so who who's out there that if they're the you know they're leading after uh, 54 holes who do i want to watch it sure as fuck isn't john rob i know that it sure as fuck isn't uh i don't know patrick reed i know that much there's a guy here i've never heard of i'm looking at the golf rankings Xander he is eighth. oh okay no, no i've heard of shoffley uh there's a guy named uh, eighth in the world Tyrell Hatton from England. I have never heard of Tyrell Hatton from England. Apparently, he's the eighth-ranked golfer in the world. Mm-hmm. 
I've never heard of him. Have you I, heard of him? No, I, I hadn't until yesterday when he was on the tee, and even then I'm like, okay, this is just a... Who the, who the hell is this guy, number 10, from America? His name is Patrick Cantley. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yep. Who is this? Who the fuck is this? 10th in the world. And I'm sure if we had this conversation with Shot and Kirk, he would say, oh, well, he, he knows, he knows all these guys. Well, I don't give a shit about Patrick Cantley or Tyrell Hatton. Yeah, Justin Thomas, who's exciting as uh, dry toast, he's second in the world. <laughs> At least Justin Johnson did cocaine back in the day, for Christ's sake, and his <laughs> wife is somebody of note. Yes, Wayne Gretzky's um, daughter. <clears throat> but still, like, uh, I look at these, the top ten, uh, Dustin Johnson, somebody, uh, Bryson DeChambeau is fifth, he's somebody, or he's sixth, everybody else, I couldn't, Colin Morikawa, I guess my guy Morikawa, yep. fourth, I would have watched a little bit if he was there. Other than that, I don't give a shit about any of these, any of these fucking guys. I'm just so, looking yeah. to like non-Americans who I would be like, yes, this is someone I absolutely had to <clears throat> have to watch. I mean, VJ Singh was a star back in the day, but I mean, he's way past. Cody Hills. No, no, I mean, she's just. Well, yeah. well those guys are done. Yeah, They're done. absolutely. I mean, uh, Tommy um, Fleetwood, twenty fourth in the world. He's, he's got the long hair, right? I mean. <laughs> That he probably looks like he's, got, he's got the Clay Matthews Louis, uh, hairdo. Paul Casey, Louis, Ian Poulter, no thank you. Um, Louis Tazen still kicking around. Adam Scott, I, I, no thank you. Yep. Mark Leishman, uh, Justin uh, Rose. No, none of these guys are going to uh, turn the dial for me. John Rose. Now, now we're getting outside of the top 50, and then it's yeah. just a. I mean, Bubba Watson, he's done. I mean, it's just a bunch of guys now. Mm-hmm. So, Tiger Woods is somehow still 71st in the world. So, yeah, I mean, just the star power, it's, you know, all these guys are excellent golfers. They can hit the ball well and then do uh, good things. But uh, John Rahm, no thank you. Doesn't it feel kind of like golf has gotten so much more about the power, kind of like baseball is about the analytics, Mm -hmm. and you just don't – you, you don't really – you think you can get by with power alone or you think you can get by in baseball with the analytics, and it just – Frankly, the, it, changed, it has changed the way the game either was meant to be played or has been played in the past, and it's not necessarily for the better, in my mind. I, I, do, I do like Bison DeChambeau. I don't know if anybody else is doing what he's doing, at least to that extreme, where he adds like 20, 30 pounds of muscle and just fucking swings it as hard as he possibly can. And There was one term a couple of weeks ago where he went just a complete opposite direction and it hit over a lake or a pond. It was like a par five. He got there like in two because he hit it. Instead of going, you know, fairway to fairway, he went over the fucking water. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, this is exciting. Either he's going to get like a seven on this hole, he's going to hit in the water, and he barely got it over. He hit it 350-some yards. It was, it was unbelievable. It's like we've never seen anybody like that. So I enjoy him because he's – he was already a good golfer, but he's now trying something completely different. He's like, all right, I'm going to see if I can – Get this fucking thing 400 yards and then mm-hmm. see what we can do there. I'm uh, not seeing ratings yet. I know the rate the ratings had a slight bump for ESPN on Thursday, but I'm, that's compared to when it was on uh, in November yeah. last year. So, oh, let's see. There we go. Ratings, Masters. Oh, uh, that led the night or whatever. I was beat everything else. On TV, I believe. That's about it. Can't see anything else. Well, probably, probably the same, if not slightly, slightly up. 
I would say overall, I would say overall, it's probably going to go down. So we'll get the final numbers on that here later on. But I can't imagine. I guess the one, the one in the fall did five and a half million. So, and that's that's impressive because it's going against football. Like, and it was the lowest uh, Sunday round, I think. If not ever, it was the lowest in a long time. Yeah, and but again, it makes sense because you, yes. you're going against football. There. Sure, there was a big Chargers Raiders game. Everybody had to watch. Well, the games in, in November were just played on Fox in the in the early morning slot, it yeah. was, uh, or the, the the early window. Um, oh. CBS had five or six games, I think, in the late window because of said Masters. But anyway, congrats to Hideki Matsuyama for winning the Masters. The only tournament that I really care about, like I pay attention to the majors, but the one that I really care the most about is the Open Championship. The Claret Jug. Um, that's one. I care about that tournament far more than I do the Masters. Far more. What do you think? How many, how many people watched Tiger Woods win it two years ago? 22 million? 11, 10.8. Oh, okay. I always so, shot it. Still more than most World Series games mm-hmm. or any college football game outside of the maybe the the final four. So, yeah, I mean, that's just look at that. 10, 11 million watched Tiger Woods two years ago, and they'll probably get half that. Probably, who knows? Mm-hmm. Six, six, seven million, whatever the number's going to be. Yeah. Now, that is a star. Uh, indeed. Indeed. And that, <laughs> that's the end of our golf coverage for at least, oh, I don't know, till probably May, whenever the. Um, the uh, the the, June, the US, U.S. Open uh, is I think that oh yeah that's June yeah until June and then you got the July so uh, and even then we won't spend a whole hell of a lot of time and, on uh, that. Tiger Woods uh, car accident and he was going eighty five and a forty five and mm-hmm. was he trying to kill himself I don't know was he under the influence of something I've wondered, they say no they I've say no but he was too. who knows who knows I've wondered that too um, they say he. Uh, there are some out there that say he missed, uh, like he accidentally hit the accelerator versus the brake. I mean, well, maybe he's lucky to be alive. Let's be real. Let's be honest here. Seventy-five miles an hour running into a tree. I mean, most people don't survive. That's that. not good. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. That's 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 tough. Um. But yeah, we'll we'll see how he recovers from this here. Um, let's go to the baseball here. Go to the baseball. Here we go with the baseball. We're ready to go. Before Sunday's game, the Twins were five and zero in regular games. Zero and three in um, extra inning games, which is terrible. Yes. But given the the new rule, it's not great. Uh, then Sunday comes around, up six nothing. Byron Buxton looking. Oh, he's looking good. Krenz, he's looking very good. And then Seattle hits two three-run home runs, including one in the ninth that gave them the lead. They went eight to six. They score the fi- the game's final eight runs, and it's just like, what the hell? I mean, I don't. Uh, granted, I, I don't have Bally, so I don't get to watch this stuff here. You're watching the games here. Tell me what the, the hell's going on with the Twins, because right now, if I'm a Twins fan, I'm a little. Um, I'm not happy with what's going on, even very early in the season. But I'm not no, happy. They're, they're, they're a good team. They're a very good team. It's their closer. That's their, Alex Colomay. He's not good. Um, he gave up the five to two lead opening day to Milwaukee. That's yep. the game he got to win. Yep. 
And this is the third time now he has given it up. So, who's, who's who think, can be a closer now? Who could be the closer? Taylor, whatever. Taylor Rogers is fine. He seems like he's fine. Um, he, Hansel Robles has been tremendous. Another guy they brought in from the Angels. Whoever you gotta figure this column A thing out because it you should not lose a ninth inning lead more than once or twice a year. Yep. Now it's happened three or four times, so that's too many in the first. But two I think don't season. make him the closer. Get a different closer. And I don't know why it's so. You know, uh, Rocco Baudelli said, you know, he's he's got a track record doing well, and we're going to stick with him, and hopefully he does fine. But Rocco, stop it, man! Stop it's it. It's like you got, you know, he's he's been hit hard. Home runs not good, so. Yeah, this is a, what a five and four team. You feel like they should goddamn near be nine and all. Yes, probably yeah, seven and two. No worse than seven and two. And yep. I was looking at the stretch with Seattle and Boston. You probably go five and two in this stretch because yep. these are not good teams. And uh, yeah, disappointing to lose a series against the Mariners. And I have yeah, who knows how many games you're going to get 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 in against Boston. And you've got a very easy schedule this first month. It's you got Pittsburgh coming up this weekend. This is not a tough schedule. You got a you got to win these games. So there's at least three games that you can look back on right now. A third of their games already you can look back on and say, we should have had that one, we should have had that one, we should have had that one. Mm-hmm. And last year they only played 60 games, and the division came down to literally the, the last pitch of the last game Yep. with the White Sox. So that-, um, that, that can happen, but we will see. But it's uh, disappointing because they're – is Byron Buxton, hopefully this is it. Hopefully – it seems like it's been fucking 10 years waiting for him <laughs> to finally fucking. Yeah, yep. Like, he doesn't have to do this. This is this is a bit much what he's doing right now. We'll see what what he settles into. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if he does even half of this, he's, you know, an MVP type guy. But this is, this is good to see. A lot of home runs. Just, I mean, we're all waiting for him to get hurt. We're just waiting. Yep. It's just a matter of time. We're waiting for him to run into a wall. Right for him to twist an ankle, break a finger, just do something. Yep. So it's, I mean, it, it's fun to watch, but you're just wondering when when's it going to happen? It's just when's like, it going to happen? It's, it's just like watching any Minnesota sports team. It's like when oh, yeah. when is the inevitable going to happen? And 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 I've told and I've said this multiple times. It's like you can't take these games for granted. Yes, you have 162, but how many times does it come down to one or two games? You're like, oh, if only we had won that what uh, game previously. These are the games early on in the year that we can look back at in September if the Twins are not going to win the division or maybe not win the uh, even get into the playoffs and say, if only they had had a legitimate closer, if only they could have closed these games out against the Mariners, against the Brewers, those two or three games be a world of difference. A world of difference. Um, I got to imagine that they're going to look for a closer either at the trade deadline or I would or or that has to be a priority in the offseason. I don't I don't want to have to talk about the offseason already, but it, this column A, he sucks. Get him out of the closer role. You got to get a legitimate closer. The Twins are in win now uh, mode. They've got to get this closer uh, situation finalized, like done, like get it figured out. They should be fine. I think, you know, if this happens again, then then you then you got to do something. Like we already think we should do something now, and mm-hmm. I would. But if this happens again, like then you then you got to make a move. 
This happened to Taylor Rogers too many times last year, and then they kind of moved him down a little bit. All right, just do that. You got you got plenty of options in the bullpen. It's not like Colomain's your only guy. Right. So like this, uh, you know, all right, rough start to the season. If, if this happens again, then there's a problem. But mm-hmm. and even if it does happen again, you've got plenty of options. Their bullpen is very good. I mean, this it's a five and four team, but they've the pitching's been excellent. Matt Shoemaker. Got lit up. Uh, he had three runs in the fifth inning. Besides that, he was cruising. He's done tremendous. You got Jay Happ. Uh, probably going to skip him to start here, but he was he pitched four innings, which was okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brios was great again uh, last week. So the, the pitching has been excellent. Michael Pineda has been good. Uh, you've had Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton play unbelievably. And that, they're it. That's it for as far as I'm concerned regarding the, the guys who are doing anything worth a damn on offense. You've got uh, Luis Rice. He's been doing good. Andleton Simmons, he's hitting uh, 370. So th- those would be the guys. Simmons, Arise, Cruz, and Buxton. But they've they, been uh, like the last two years, they could they could destroy you one through nine. Like there wasn't one like one spot in the lineup where you could say, "Oh, we could take a you know a breath here, a sigh of relief because it's okay." This year, it again early on, it doesn't yeah. seem to be that way. I would say talk to me in June. Okay, as far as that's concerned, I mean, I the lineup. I mean, uh, Jorge Polanco is struggling. He's five of forty. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Miguel Sano looks like shit. It might be time to. Say goodbye to Snow. He's hitting 091. He's got three hits and 33 at bats. And Kepler's doing okay. Kepler's about average. He's hitting 250. Um, you know, so, catcher. They're not getting much from their catcher position, but it's well early. Yep. I'm fine. I mean, again, if if Colomay doesn't blow a couple of these games, we're looking at six and three or seven and two, and then things are happy and rosy. But mm-hmm. uh, because they. Lost, uh, lost a couple games, and then the new extra inning rule, despite whether they win or lose, I don't care. The extra inning rule, as we said, is fucking ridiculous. It is. Yep. It's like what? It's almost like once you get to extra innings, like you shut the game off because I don't. If they win, that's fine. If they lose, that's fine. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me because it's all a bunch of horseshit. Mm-hmm. The, the Mariners won the other night in extra innings, and they didn't even get a hit. <laughs> they got like uh, I think they got a. Grounder to Taylor Rogers, who bobbled the ball and it never threw it to first. Mm-hmm. He got a grounder to third for out one. They scored on a sacrifice fly, I believe, yeah. and another couple of outs. So, a couple of grounders in the infield, a couple of pop-ups, and they scored. I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You should at least have to to get a hit or get a couple of guys on base to win a baseball game and if yeah, this is if this you're is going to do the like have a runner on base. Put him on first, like that. <laughs> not, yeah, not yeah, at least position. something to where at least you'd have to probably get a hit. Yes, that'd be a lot better. But this this is a bad idea all around, and it's I don't know who this is for. I don't know who looks at this and says, "Oh yeah, this is good." Like you've already sat through three hours of baseball. What's another? couple innings. Unless it's, unless you have the 17 or 18 inning game, which how many times does that happen in a year? Not very twi- Twice a year. Yep. So this, this was a non-problem and it's it's embarrassing. It's a waste of time. It is. You know what else is embarrassing? Uh, the umpiring, the instant replay, yeah. the uh, offic- officiating, the referee, however you want to however you want to call it in baseball. What happened was it Friday 
in the Marlins uh, Mets game is an absolute disgrace. Um, with who was it, Conteros or whatever? Was it Thursday Michael, or Friday? Michael Conforto. Okay, it was Thursday. I'm sorry, it was Thursday. Well, Michael Conforto. Uh, yep, Conforto. Ball yep. hit his elbow pad barely on a yeah. And he's leaning in like he doesn't even. It's not even like he backed up, and they were going to call it a strike. And he leaned in even further with his elbow pad, and it barely nicked it. It's atrocious. Chris, this is absolutely an atrocious uh, way to end a game. There's no no way that the Marlins should have lost at that time. Who knows? Maybe they would have lost in extra innings or whatnot. You can't. This is bad. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's right down the middle, and he sticks his elbow, and it grazes him, and he was hit by the pitch, no doubt about it, but you got to see it and say, yeah, you can't be doing that. So, bad call there, and then and how's that, uh, the how's Phillies were the Phillies Braves last night. Yes, I was going to get to that one, too. How? But before we get to that, how is that play not eligible for review? I think, like... Did they look at it or not? I, I didn't pay attention to it. I, I hope they looked at it. They I think said they, they could, it. but it's not... It, it's the batter interference, I think, is not reviewable. They, they can look well, I mean, and see if it was... I mean, it's just stupid. Like, a lot of these things should be. It's like, especially, like, any play that ends a game. If this is yes. the last play of the game, this should be reviewable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you can review and see if it hit him, but if it, like, he interfered or leaned into it, yes. then they can say, no, that's what has to... If I were Major League Baseball, I would have changed that the day, the next day. Be like, okay, this is ridiculous. You can't have that. And then, as you alluded to... On, we had Sunday Night Baseball where the Phillies sack fly against Atlanta. Guy scores and takes from third, slides in home safe. That's what they called. He missed the plate entirely. They looked at replay, and they still called him safe. They, oh, it was inconclusive. What the hell, baseball? You want to talk about credibility issues? My goodness. Yeah, you look at that. Uh, well, maybe he did it. And then you see it a couple angles. And yeah, like, he did not. Uh, it's right on my TV right now as we talk. Yeah. Alex Bolt. He, uh, it does not appear that he touched uh, touched home plate. And you look at it a couple times. You're like, yeah, he, he didn't touch it. He should be out. So that was uh, another another terrible call. That, that seems fairly obvious to everybody else except uh, the person in charge. And how can you... <sighs> How can again? So the replay is it replay that's broken in baseball? Is it the well? The, the replays is it, obviously show that he's out. So it's like who's making the decision? The umpire or somebody in New York? Whoever's watching the replay's got to go. Hey, he didn't touch the base. He's out. Like replay is fine. It's just the people that who who gets to make the call? Who gets what? to watch the replay and make the call? That person needs to be better but that's what i that's what i mean like is it the replaces i mean because again back to that mets marlins game the play that was not like him leaning in is not eligible for review that's yeah. a, that's a flaw in the system there that's something that needs to be fixed in this case whose fault is it for not like they say it was too inconclusive well it's pretty conclusive that he never touched the plate to begin with so i mean I don't know who who's that. Is it in New York? Is it the umpire there at home plate? Is it you know like the the camera? Angle? What what is it? What is the major issue there that because something with replay so far through two weeks needs to be fixed because too many calls are overshadowing the baseball. It's the same thing, and you know you see in football or yes. any other sport where you like it seems obvious that 
a call would go a certain way and it's it doesn't. Effect. It's like who's who's making this decision? So mm-hmm. I'd say it's whoever's making that decision, how can he see it one way and ninety five percent of us say, Well, he, he didn't touch the base. How, so how is Al Riveron now doing major league baseball? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's weird. Those are the big things from baseball this week for me. What else do you? What else did you take away from it? And do you have a hitter and a pitcher for this week? There was a no hitter on Friday. Oh shit! Yes, of course. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think I forgot. We gotta talk about our Padres. By the way, great hat. Uh, I saw you uh, yes. picture on Facebook with the with the San Diego yes. Padres hat. It's fantastic. The day after I got the hat, so might as well do that. You threw a no hitter. Yep. Uh, 52 years it took the Padres to finally throw one. They did it to yes. Joe Musgrove. Yep. He's, he's been very good for them, 15 innings. Uh, he hasn't given up a run. So he's been – he's their number four starter. So mm-hmm. he had deep pitching. He's, he was excellent in Texas. And I, I got him on one of my fantasy teams. So I tuned into the game about uh, – in the fourth inning, kind of had it on the background. And, all right, he'll go six, seven, and we'll pull him. And then he didn't give up any hits. And he was he, – 111 pitches was all he had. So – it was pretty efficient. And so, he's very he he grew up very close to San Diego too, if I recall. Yes. So El yep, Cajon. So he, is, that's his team, and he's not an unknown. But if you you do that, uh, I'll give you whatever we're calling this pitcher of the week. Yes. Um, yes. You know, more obscure guys. An obscure guy. There's some guy from Baltimore I've never heard of until ten minutes ago. Uh, we talked about the the Mercedes guy from yeah. Chicago. We talked mm-hmm. about him. Uh, one guy I like, Jared Walsh from the Angels. Uh, hopefully he can replace Pools. He can be an outfielder, first baseman type guy. He's hitting the 385 so far in the season. He's got three home runs, nine RBI. So Jared Walsh, probably not a guy a lot of people have heard of. And um, he's a guy in these fantasy drafts. I'm looking at sleepers, and he was on that sleeper list of he may not play a lot, but if he does, he should be good. And the Angels, they've got some injuries. So hopefully he plays a lot and he can maybe hit 30 home runs. So we'll give it to Jared Walsh of the Angels. Very good. Very good. Uh, anything else baseball-wise we need to get to? No, it should be good. Okay. Um, I guess there was a Mets and Marlins game yesterday. They started it. They got one out, and then they called it. Yep. Like how? I mean, how does that happen? I mean, it's Marcus Stroman was not happy. No, you got to be better than that. It's like, oh, let's start the game. One out. All right, let's call the game. We're done. That's that's ridiculous. Players get warmed up, and that's yeah, that's that's bad judgment right there. Yeah. Bad judgment. It's, it's involving the Mets, so you can only imagine there. And the Dodgers swept the Nationals without their two best players, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, didn't play the entire series, and they. They swept them quite easily. So, Dodgers good, Nationals not so good. No, yeah, the Nats, and the Reds, the Reds, the Reds keep uh, keep getting the hell out of the ball. So, yeah, they 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 kind of settled down a little bit there in the desert. Things dried up yeah. a little bit. But they're only they're six and two, so good starts. Mm-hmm. Good start for them. I'd like to make an amendment to the final four that I gave last week. I would like, well, I think Alabama can still do it, and I think Baylor is certainly in the mix. I'm going to. I bet you like. I bet you like Arkansas. I sure do. It's a different team with an ace. You get Stanley and Moody. You get a bunch of other transfers. Eric Musselman doing it. So I'm switching it from Alabama to Arkansas. Uh, I do think Baylor and Texas and Alabama are all going to be in the mix there. Uh, sure, you know, throwing Kentucky and whatnot, but I am changing from 
Alabama to Arkansas. Stanley Moody is a great get for him. And just like, because, Krenz, you picked Nevada to the Final uh-huh. Four fight. Maybe we both did a couple years ago uh, when they had all those transfers. They had uh, Caroline uh-huh. and all these really great guys, and they were all, like, seniors. It was a senior-laden senior team. I'm like, okay, this team can make a run. Didn't happen. Who do we pick? Nevada. Oh, yeah, Nevada. Yep. Nevada squad. How can I forget? Yep, because Eric Musselman coached them. Oh, yeah. And now that he's at Arkansas, you can just see it's the same kind of blueprint. So I am going to be all in on Arkansas this year to make a Final Four run. Who did I have? I had St. Bonaventure, had Gonzaga, Purdue. UCLA, and somebody Purdue. else. I believe Purdue. Purdue, yes. How soon I forget? Purdue. Purdue is going to be the one I'm going to have trouble remembering. <laughs> Yeah, Samuel Lemoutier, and he could be like, uh, what's his nuts that went to Texas Tech? Yeah, uh, 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 oh, God. Uh, um, oh, my gosh. Why? Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney. Yep, he can go there. And you see where our guy David Jenkins ended up stacking. Yes, uh, he's, he's going with Craig Smith at Utah. Going to Utah, and hopefully he can stay there for more than five months. And uh, you see what former SEC recruit Caleb Grill Know where he's going? Oh, I did see this to Iowa State to follow in the line and the footsteps of Otzelberger. I believe he was something. He was committed to Iowa State before, and then yep. he went to SDSU, and then he went to Vegas. Now he's going to Iowa State. Like, really, this, this is fucking stupid. This, this is fucking stupid. We don't talk about the transfer portal and all this stupid shit. Following a coach around the country because this stupid asshole can't stay in more than one spot for two or three seasons. I, Three seasons at SDSU, two in Vegas, before he gets fired at Iowa State. Just fucking ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Iowa State is home, and I do think the transfer portal has gotten a little beyond ridiculous. I think you should only be able to qualify for the transfer portal under a few different scenarios. One, if your coach gets fired or leaves for a different job, I think that should open you up to being able to leave in the transfer to go into the transfer portal. Another is if you're a grad student, you should be able to go. And then there might be like maybe one or two other instances, but you shouldn't just be able to just go all hunky dory uh, and going other places. This has gotten completely out of hand here, and I think it's something that the NCAA needs to crack down on. But then again, the NCAA needs to pay the students first. So until that happens, go nuts on the transfer portal. I do think it's gotten a little ridiculous. Do you want to get into uh, the, some of these uh, this conference alignment stuff, or do you want to do that another week? Sure, let's get into that. Okay. Maybe one, one, one more thing here. Yes. Yep. WrestleMania was last night, yes. uh, this weekend, whatever. Yep. It was in Tampa. Um, there's a, uh, there was a shooting in Knoxville, Tennessee today. Uh, one person's dead at a high school. That's not uh, there's, there's a local news anchor who confuses live shots via, from a helicopter because they're currently covering two different shootings in Tennessee. If that doesn't sum up America, I don't know what does. Yep. It's like, oh, we're, oh we're, well, we're talking about this shooting instead of that shooting. So that's that's real bad. That's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, let's, no. let's see here. Here we go. What do you, what do you got here? You, you did a big thing this fall. With the basketball situation, that was a one. That was a one. Time, one year thing. That was a one year time deal, just because of um, COVID. The, the, and just because of COVID, it, it just seemed to make more sense. Um, you know how um, uh, you've heard the the artist uh, Macklemore, right? 
A root of Mac, Lamoya. Yes. You know, he, one of his songs is uh, "Return to the Mac." You know what it is? What it is? What it is? What it is? He uh, checking yep. out a bed, yep. checking yep. out whatever. Very, very similar to what you just did. There. Yes. Uh, it's now about the return of the whack. The whack return is coming back. The Do we need the whack? Uh, well, apparently, the whack is now becoming a legitimate conference here. Is this for basketball? This football? Is, what is this? For this you? is for this, this is they're, they're becoming a conference for football. And what this are you is proposing also, for football or basketball or both? Uh, it's going to be, I think, for both. So let's for, for what you're doing. What's that? For what you are proposing here? No, no, no. I'm not. This is actually happening. I'm not. Oh, proposing, I know. I know. Right, what, what are we? What are we talking about here? So this, I'm not proposing anything. I saw okay. something about uh, some schools moving to the whack, and I got curious, like, what, what, what the hell's going on here? And then it's I really weird because. Okay, who are who is one of the darlings of the NCAA tournament of March Madness? Uh, one analyst. Beat Shaka uh, Smart. Beat our Shaka Smart in Texas. Abilene, Abilene Christian. Yes. Well, Abilene is in the Southland Conference. Not this is in, an FCS. This is an FCS conference. Am I not right? It, it is. It, yes, the Southland is an FCS conference. Oh, the the WAC. Well, I don't know if the WAC is going FCS or not. I believe the WAC, and from what I'm reading here from January. The WAC is it probably uh, going to be plans to announce FCS. the formation of an FCS league, which will start yeah. football next year, 2022. Seven WAC members, and yeah. they're all basically in Texas. Yes. Um. So Abilene Christian moving from the Southland to the WAC. So, yes. There's that. Uh, okay, let's go. I'm just looking through here. I'm scrolling through all of this, like, um, for... Yeah, yeah, like, Southern Utah is a decent team in a very good conference, the big, the, the big sky. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck would you go from one of the three best conferences, you would say, in, in FCS to this? Good question. Good question. With, with Tarleton State and Dixie State. Great, all this crap. It, it's a great question. Uh, Bethune Cookman is leaving the MIAC for the SWAC. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Like that, to me, okay, that's a, a bit oh. of a curious decision here, but but that's fine. Uh, going through here. Oh, the C- Central Arkansas. They're leaving the Southland to go to the Atlantic Sun. All right, that seems a little interesting, but they're going to the WAC for football. So again, that's like none of none of these sound like. Oh yeah, we're we're really jumping up conference early. It sounds like you're just going from one conference to another. Yep. How about Eastern like, Kentucky? They're going from Ohio, the Ohio ooh. Valley to the Atlantic Sun for all but uh, but football here because they're Seems going to the WAC. Because nothing says Western Athletic Conference quite like Eastern Kentucky. They're going to the WAC for football. Yes. Really? Yes. That's what I have here. Eastern Kentucky. Yes. It that's really yeah. That's what it says here. I, I mean, I granted, I'm, I'm looking at this whole big list here, and it's it's on Wiki. Oh, so. oh we hold on there. Three schools to join the WAC for football only. They're going to welcome Jacksonville State, which is another. Ohio Valley School. Mm-hmm. Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky. Yep. So they're all going to play. This year they played for the WAC, and now they're going to move to the Atlantic Sun. 
Yeah, the, the Eastern Eastern Kentucky was in the Ohio Valley. They're moving to the Atlantic yeah. Sun for football next year, and then Jacksonville State is as well. Yes. Yep. I'm getting it. Through. I was going. I'm trying to get it through here, all um, um, wow. alphabetical order. That's, so, that's so Florida A and M moving from the Miac to the SWAC. So they are joining Bethune Cookman. So the Miac's losing. Uh, the, the Miac and the Southland are getting pillaged here. Uh, by uh, they're getting ransacked is maybe uh-huh. a better better word to use here. Uh, let's keep going. Jacksonville State moving from the Ohio Valley to the A Sun for all but the for football that go from Ohio Valley to the WAC. So the Ohio Valley getting axed here a little bit. Uh, let's keep going. Lamar they're moving everything from the Southland to the WAC. So. They're gonna. They're just gonna completely go to the wax. So men's and women's basketball. So the Southland not having Lamar anymore. Uh, let's see here. What else? North Carolina A and T. They're leaving the MEAC for the Big South. That's significant. North Carolina A and T has been routinely a good uh, uh, team in the MEAC for you know for at least men's college basketball. So that they've is, been routinely in the Celebration Bowl. Well, they also have been that too for football. Yes. No more celebration bowl for A and T. No. Nope. No more. Uh, St. Thomas. We don't. Okay, we don't care about them. Um, Sam Houston State full membership Southland to the whack for everything. Um. Here we go. Stephen F. Austin Southland to the whack. Um. Tarleton State, of course, going to the WAC. We mentioned that for football here. Chicago State, they're they're leaving the WAC, so that's a good thing. Like in all of this here, Chicago State should probably just go D three athletics because they're Where are they going. Uh, it says to be announced. They have not made that determination yet, but they are not going to be um, they're, they're in just, the WAC. Yeah, Thank God. Yep. Uh, Kennesaw State leaving f- football. Big South to the Atlantic Sun. Really don't care about that. Uh, so, uh, here's Southern Utah. They're leaving the Big Sky for the whack, as you had mentioned earlier. So all of this, okay, so obviously the whack's really coming on strong here. Now I wonder if, like, maybe the Big West is going to try and take some of these, like the Cal Baptists and some of these, uh, like, San Diego schools or something, and try well. San Diego's already in the West Coast Conference, so I, I'm just a little stunned that the WAC is making this big of a return. A for you know for football, that's that's cool and everything, but these are significant upgrades on the basketball side of it too. And you're seeing schools, and then of course you had the MEACs that that you know teams leaving that, like I said, Bethune Cookman. And what Florida A and M leaving the MEAC for the SWAC? I think those are. I don't know if those are upgrades for the SWAC, maybe. But the MEAC and the Southland are getting roasted here. And even though Ohio Valley is kind of losing some, I, this is this is some amazing realignment that we're talking about here. Am I? And well, you're, you're more excited about it than I am. I'm, I'm not ex- excited necessarily. I'm just more like. Just curious. What the hell? I'd like, like, to, ask, I I'd like get... to ask some of these schools, why are you going to this conference? Yeah, I just don't. Sam don't Houston State, why are you leaving? Like, Sam Houston State's very good. Jacksonville State is the best team in the Ohio Valley most years. Mm-hmm. Why are you leaving for the whack? Why does Jacksonville State in northern Alabama want to play the team in Texas? Well, okay, uh, so now here's something else now that I'm looking at here. 
It says that Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, and Jacksonville State are leaving the WAC for the Atlantic Sun in 2022. Does that make sense? Well, some of these schools, it's, it's, it's with with this pandemic here. Some of them joined. I think I didn't even know the WAC was was the WAC playing football this year. No, they were. This, they I guess this. No. <laughs> I guess this fall. I guess so. Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, Central Arkansas, three pretty good teams. I think just They're for one year. For, I don't know why, why are they playing football in the whack this fall and then they're going to play in the Atlantic Sun next year. Yeah. Like, why are they moving to the whack for one year for a pit stop? Why would you not just stay in the Ohio Valley Conference and then say, okay, we're going to play one more year than the OBC? Why would you go to a conference and then leave that conference one year later? What's the point of that? I, I don't That's know. I have no idea. I don't either. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. Um, none at all. Uh, no, I, so I don't understand that at all. You have Dixie State, Tarleton, these D2s coming up. That certain people in Texas that wear boots might be excited about, but nobody else could give a shit. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see if this is done. Like, you know, a lot of these seem like steps, uh, steps down. Southern Utah going to the whack. Why would... So the new child leave the big sky. I don't I, know. I don't either. And that they were competitive in the big sky. Yeah, like, they're least, not terrible. Um, at least this last year, they were, I think, the, the number one seed, at least on the men's side. I guess I don't then, where does that leave a team like, or a, a school, or a conference, I should say, like the Southland, like the MIAC? Because if I pull up, if I pull up the, the Southland conference right now, and let's just see who's in the, the the Southland Conference as it would stand right now with uh with those teams leaving. It would leave you with McNeese State, ooh, whoopee, Southeast come on here. Get 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 this up here. Is um, that a dog or a kid? What? It's an ad. I don't need no ad. We don't I'm, need... a, I'm concerned about the Ohio Valley here. They're losing maybe their two best teams. Yes. Yep. In Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State just won the conference. Uh, Eastern Kentucky apparently uh, three and six. They did not play. Eastern Kentucky is interesting because they didn't play the, a conference schedule this year. Mm-hmm. They didn't play in the fall. They played Marshall, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played uh, Central Arkansas twice, Stephen F. Austin. So Eastern Kentucky just decided to play in the fall against a bunch of random teams, and they didn't play in the uh, spring, which just think wrapped up this past weekend. Yep. So, so. Here, here's what the Southland has right now. Um, it has well, it, if Abilene Christian leaves and. Uh, Central Arkansas leaves, then that leaves you with, and Lamar's leaving, that leaves you with Houston Baptist, ooh, whoopee, McNeese State, New Orleans, Nichols, Northwestern State, Sam Houston State's leaving, uh, what do we got here, uh, Incarnate Word, like this is, oh. Southeast Louisiana, like this is terrible here, like I don't, I don't get it, uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Ooh, wow, wow. It seems like this makes, I don't know, FCS is a whole weaker with another conference that kind of, it's got some good teams in there. Mm-hmm. But like who, like the Southland, who's coming out of that? I look at the Ohio Valley, there's seven teams. Unless they're adding somebody that we don't know of, mm-hmm. 
They lose they lose Jacksonville State and Eastern Kentucky. That leaves them with nine teams. Or excuse me, that leaves them with seven teams. Mm-hmm. Like what? Seven teams in a conference. Not great, and none of the teams not very good either. I wonder if or the Southland makes another run then at Oral Roberts. Uh, if if they're losing Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, Abilene Christian, Lamar. I wonder if they make a run at them. I mean, that's it's Central Arkansas. And I would prefer Oral Roberts stay in the Summit League because, as we saw, they were a pretty big deal a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, they were. Yes, so they were. Now, you want a team like that. You want teams like Oakland and whatever. Um... Or Roberts would fit there for me, but I don't. I don't know what. Like I, like I can see, you know, some of these D twos, the, the Dixie States of the world, and Tarleton saying, "Sure, yeah, we'll we'll join. Uh, we're going to make the jump. What conference do we got to join? Sure, we'll, we'll join this mm-hmm. bullshit made up whack conference because there's a bunch of good teams in there, and hopefully in a few years we can be competitive. But yeah, I don't know if you're if you're Central Arkansas or Jacksonville States while you're looking to. Uh, to get out of your own conference. I have no idea. And then, I mean, on the MEAC side of it, you're losing North Carolina. I mean, they already have North Carolina A&T gone in here. That's how updated this is. So you have North Carolina Central, you have South Carolina State, Norfolk State, and then you have Maryland Eastern Shore, Coppin State, Howard, uh, Morgan State, Delaware. I mean, these are t- this is going to be Norfolk State's or North Carolina Central's just to run away with here. Um Going forward, unless they add someone, because again, Bethune Cookman, Florida A and M, leaving for the SWAC. Uh, that's, I, I mean, we, we've conference realignment was big about what you know a decade ago now, yep, and yep, when all that was, and now we're starting to see a little comeback here with the smaller conferences. I've always kind of proposed like the Summit League in the Missouri Valley kind of dissolving or merging into one with some of you know. You know, discarding some of the other you know, schools to the Horizon League to take them. It kind of feels like you're you're going to see some of these smaller conferences like the Southland, like the MEAC, kind of get swallowed up here unless they start adding some. I mean, it, I mean, hell, the Atlantic Sun with adding Bellarmine and North Alabama. Oh, good for you guys. Um, this is this is just it's really interesting because I could see these uh, teams eventually or these schools eventually joining other conferences because it's just, where's the money with, you know, six or eight schools, you know? Here's something else they came across from February, two months ago. The Atlantic Sun has formed an alliance with the WAC for football. A partnership known as the A-Sun WAC Challenge will feature all of these Mm. teams and schools we've talked about. Mm Mm-hmm. So apparently, the A-Sun and the WAC football teams are going to join forces and compete in the Big South, which complicates things even more. I have no idea what the hell is going on. These seven schools will play a single round robin. Each of them is going to play each other. And I guess whoever has the best record is going to get the automatic bid of some sorts from this A-Sun, WAC, Big South triple threat of shit. I don't even know what... I, 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 that just confuses me even more. What I just said right now. I don't even... I don't even know. So that kind of answers a little bit of why they're spending one season in the WAC. Apparently they're part of the WAC slash A-Sun slash Big South, which I... 
Don't even know how that's possible. And all, yeah, all three of those conferences don't even light a candle to the Missouri Valley. Like, what, what are they even doing? I have no... I don't even know. I just, yeah, I don't even... I, at this point, the Atlantic Sun for basketball would be, you know, they should just merge with the with the MEAC. Uh, add a few more schools. You know what? Why not? You would add, what, uh, you'd have like 14, 15, 16 schools? Why not? The more the merrier. Just... Uh, it's whatever. Just I, I don't. Do it doesn't make it. I gotta see. I gotta see some schedules, and I gotta see some some yeah some schedules and some standings here to just because I don't understand this at all. Well, I guess I guess with Central Arkansas and Eastern Kentucky joining the Atlantic Sun, then obviously the MEAC doesn't need to. I don't know where the MEAC's going. Uh, I I was weird. Yeah, because the the A Sun and WAC don't have football. The WAC isn't even a conference for one right. at the moment. Right, and the A Sun is a basketball only conference, right? Yep. Or non football. Yeah, well, what, so, what's what's Kennesaw State in for foot uh, for football? Now I have to go back. So I think they're the WAC and the A Sun combining since they're both first time conferences. I guess they decide that. Between those two conferences, are going to get an automatic qualifier, I guess. So I, I don't know why they got the A Sun looking for more teams because you need six football teams in a conference to be a legitimate conference to qualify for a national tournament, and the A Sun is only has five football teams. So I think that's part of the reason why this thing is happening. Kennesaw State, yep. Mm-hmm. Northern Alabama and the A Sun. I think they're moving there. They're in the Big South next year this fall. So it gives some of those teams a chance to compete for a conference title and a playoff spot. So I think we kind of answered our question there. Yeah. Yep. It's just it's 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 weird. It's like you joining forces to t- try and fight Big Brother. Okay. Um. And then, and then in 2022, they're going to go their separate ways because then the A-Sun will have enough teams to have their own conference. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how, that's what this is. Yeah, I, 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 I was aware the WAC was coming back. I did not know this was just so much of a goddamn mess. <laughs> well, it's, uh, with the WAC, you know it's wacky and probably dumb. Yes, it's, um... I don't understand if you're Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State while you're leaving for the A-Sun slash WAC slash. Get to me in two years. Get to me next year so I can know where these teams actually end up. And remember where they are. Yeah, because right yes. now the Big South, uh, Kennesaw State is part of the Big South. With with Monmouth, uh, this is, oh, yes. Nothing says South like Monmouth in New Jersey. Well, so apparently the 12 teams in the Atlantic Sun – your your guys from Bellarmine, <laughs> yes, my Jacksonville guys. State, Lipscomb, Stetson. I like Stetson because of that. Yes, yes. East, yeah, Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State leaving the Ohio Valley for the Atlantic Sun. I I don't know. Isn't that? I think that's a well. I mean, Liberty's been a dominant force in the Atlantic Sun for the last couple of years. But as we've seen, well, maybe they think that they can't win outside of Moorhead State and uh, um, Belmont. In the Ohio but my Valley. question is, okay, this leaves the Ohio Valley with seven teams. Mm-hmm. They only need six, but you would think you'd like to have more than six conference games. So what does where does the Ohio Valley go? They only have seven teams. For, fo- for football? 
Yeah. Hey, Western Illinois, would you like to leave, please? Get out of here. Please go. Go away. <laughs> I think that's a good decision here. Yeah. What What would it leave? Oh, like by Eastern the... Kentucky would have been a nice little addition to the Missouri Valley. By the way, congrats to your Tennessee State Tigers on hiring Eddie, Eddie George. Eddie George, very big hire. Can he can he yeah, have the same effect weird. that Deion Sanders is having at yeah. uh, at uh, Jackson State right now? We'll revisit this whenever this happens. You know, whenever we can give a thumbs up or thumbs down to the Eddie George era of Tennessee State football. Okay, but uh, I'm going to give him the thumbs down at the moment. Okay. He doesn't have any experience. He was on Broadway this. lately. He's on a what? He, Eddie George has been on Broadway. Yes, I mean, why wouldn't you hire him? Great experience of not doing anything related to football coaching for decades now. Uh, their coach, Rod Reed, who's apparently been fired, they're not renewing his contract, which means you're fired. Uh, he was the coach when I was there. He'd been there for 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a former player, pretty good linebacker. They weren't very good this year. They were two and five. So unfortunate for him to get the was five hundred coach, fifty eight and sixty one. And yeah, I saw that. That was very interesting. And and, and they brought in a few guys because I keep tabs on them once in a while. Mm-hmm. Their basketball programs are hideous. And they bring in a couple guys. They brought in who's the uh, I think they brought in a former Gopher quarterback of some sorts uh, a couple of years ago who wasn't any good, but he was. Mm. And they bring in like a guy from the Gators or this LSU. Yeah, they bring in some guys you'd heard of. They're like, whoa, look at that. So I think they're the only black school that's not in the MEAC or the SWAC, I think. So I don't. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't this Jackson State thing, I don't know. They won some games, that's fine. I don't see that ending well for them. I don't see this this wow. Tennessee State thing. This is bad. I would not have hired Eddie George to be my head coach. Maybe, again, if, if he had previous experience, that'd be one thing. But um, no, it's bad. It's, it's not. Yeah, weird. It's just weird. Like, why would he? Why would he want that? I don't. Why know. would he want this job? <laughs> Well, he's been in the Nashville. I mean, he's remained in the Nashville area. I mean, he's almost. I mean, he's almost Tennessee Titan royalty. I suppose he sure. should, should be considered that. Um, Do you think he's going to be in the office every day, like any other coach would be? Do you think he's going to be there in the middle of June? I don't know. I maybe. Like, like what? What? I don't. I don't see this working out well at all. I I can't imagine it's going to be the the slam dunk hire, so to speak. That. Um, that Tennessee State thinks it is. I mean, maybe I would maybe consider trying to do something with your basketball programs first before football, but we know that. I can talk to some guy who still works there. I'll ask him. I'm sure I'll talk to him in the next couple of weeks. Like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck? Okay. In, yeah. Like, I don't, two years, does this last two years, I'm sure he's going to say, yeah, this, yeah. It's a publicity stunt. That's what it is at this point. Yeah, you, you got to win some games. They made the playoffs one year. Didn't they play? They didn't play SDSU or New they played somebody got trounced. But one play, uh, it was a tough conference for them. So, like, they've had, like, when I was there, I was surprised at all the guys they'd had mm-hmm. in their history. And I was like, oh, this guy went here. Like, 
was it uh, who was it Richard Dent for the Bears? He had gone there. Uh, mm. Rogers Cromarty, the quarterback, he had gone there. Okay. Well, I mean, isn't it weird that uh, Eastern Illinois has produced Sean Payton, uh, well, Tony Romo, and Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, well, that's okay. So, and there was another guy for the. Falcons, who made the Hall of Fame in the last couple of years, that um, um, Claude Humphreys, who I'd never really heard of, okay, but he had made the Hall of Fame in football a couple of years ago after I left. So the, there were some guys uh, there that I, I did not know. Like, right, these guys are are significant people. So, yeah, it, interesting. It's just very interesting all the way around. How this goes. All right, I, I think that wraps it up for me. Anything else that we need to get to on your side? No, I don't think so. We got the draft. What do we got? Uh, three weeks? Two weeks? So less than three weeks. Yep, you have uh, two weeks to make your mock draft. Is this what, on uh, a Thursday night again? Or do we do what, what's the... Yes, uh... yep, Thursday night, uh, first round, Friday night, second and third round, Saturday rounds uh, four through seven. What, what city is this in this year? Cleveland. Cleveland, good. Jeremy, I thought we can get into this later with the draft. Yep. Jeremy Schaap had a outside the lines parting shot, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, 44 quarterbacks have gone first, second, or third overall in the last 50 years. Okay. Was this How a trivia many, question? Huh? Is this a trivia question? A little bit, a little bit. So the last 50 years, there have been 44 quarterbacks taken in the top three. Mm-hmm. How many have won a Super Bowl with the team that drafted them? Because mm-hmm. if you're picking a guy, one, two, or three, mm-hmm. you are expecting that person yep. to lead you to a Super Bowl. You got uh, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You are picking Frank Trubisky to hope that he mm-hmm. gets you something. So, 50 years, 44 quarterbacks have gone one, two, or three in the draft. Mm-hmm. How many have won a Super Bowl with the team that picked them? Zero. Two. Ah. Okay. Now then, I gotta. So, so, so the, you think of who they are. They were both uh, number one overall picks. Okay. And you've seen both of them play. Okay. But in 50 years, it's happened twice. Mm hmm. And it's like, what do, what do you do with the first page? It's supposed to show what what a crapshoot the whole thing is. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to, you know, what, what, what does it matter if you've got the first pick or the fifth pick or the twelfth pick? Like, what, what does it matter? And how many times has that player turned around the franchise? Right. And if you look back and he hasn't, and we all assume, oh, we're going to pick Trevor Lawrence, and he's going to be great. Well, maybe, but is he going to win a Super Bowl there? Mm. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. I know the first one, uh, Eli Manning. Nope. He was selected by the Chargers. Oh, the, the trade. Okay, sorry, Peyton Manning. Yes. Um, I was thinking just Eli number being drafted number, but you're right, with the with the team that originally drafted him. So, yeah, that was a dumb So, I thought well, he on. did win it, so mm-hmm. that's, you know, you can maybe count him if you want it. Okay. Uh, okay, so I got Peyton here. That's that's good. I got someone like Pat Mahomes was what twelfth. Mm-hmm. Tenth, tenth. Yeah. I think it was tenth. No, maybe not. 
He had John Elway, who was number one, but it was to the Colts, mm-hmm. not Denver. Yep. So it's sort of an Eli Manning situation. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. okay, we're thinking here. We're thinking. Nope. Um, <laughs> uh, top three, you say? Oh, so here's an interesting one. Okay. Last 50 years, there's been 26 times that a non-quarterback has gone number one. Okay. The team that drafted that player has never won a Super Bowl. With that number one pick, unless he was also paired with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Ooh, interesting. Well, I mean, so you like... pick you pick a guy. I don't know. Tony Baselli was the first pick, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He never won a Super Bowl. So you, what, what, I don't, they don't have a list of guys who won Super Bowls, but Jadavion Clowney, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Probably right. never. Won. That was the name I was thinking of. Um, to be honest. So anybody, any quarterback you pick to win a Super Bowl is probably not going to happen. Mario Williams also. Uh, Mario Williams, and if you pick an on-quarterback, you need a Hall of Famer with him just to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I'm still thinking. So what, what really is the value? Is it worth San Francisco giving up three picks to get the third pick or whatever they have now to get Zach Wilson or whoever the hell they want? Mac Cam Jones. Jones, for Christ's sake, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I think Justin Fields is going to ultimately be that. I would love to see the 49ers take Mac Jones so I could laugh at them for years and years to come. Like, Justin Fields got to go, too. Is, is the BYU guy going to, maybe? Yeah, the BYU, Zach Wilson's going to, to the to the Jets. So that like is, is, it's, it's, is he, I mean, is he going to be Trubisky, or is he going to be, I don't know. I don't think he, no, I don't think he's going to be Trubisky. I think he's going to be Patrick Bay. Mahomes. I mean, is like, oh, okay. like he's nobody, be, nobody knows. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. Or um, who's another good guy? Dak Prescott, okay. Is he going to be Dak Prescott, or is he going to be, you know, Christian Ponder? Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like, your guess is as good as mine, you, you as, said as good as any GM my... or coach. Like, it doesn't matter. I have my other answer, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, yes. Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning. Only top three quarterbacks last 50 drafts to win the Super Bowl. So, Trevor Lawrence is going to go one, and there's going to be at least one quarterback taking two or three, and... Probably the top three picks are going to be quarterbacks, right? Yep, yep. top three. Potentially top four. Atlanta's the interesting one here because you, if they go quarterback, it's going to be Trey Lance. If they go... Unless, Amazing. Unless Justin Fields is there, in which case Lance could drop. If you go non... And that's if they, they stay in pick four. The other one that they could do would be Kyle Pitts, the tight end from at, uh, from Florida. who's he's He's a wide receiver in a tight end frame. Uh, he's going to do a lot of good things. Remember when we t- talked about, um, uh, who was, oh my gosh, um, the guy who got, Eric Ebron, when he got drafted by the Lions, oh, Eric Ebron's so good. Kyle Pitts, yeah, is, you like Eric Kyle Pitts is like the best tight end that we've seen enter a draft yeah. in a generation, probably. He appears to be very good. Yes. Uh, so he could go for Dallas, apparently. Uh, Jerry Jones is infatuated with him, so maybe that means he's not going to have... Because remember, Jerry Jones was infatuated with Paxton Lynch. And look how... Uh, imagine if, if the Cowboys had gotten Paxton Lynch instead of Dak Prescott. Oh, my. Oh, my. How the table, how their fortunes would have turned for even uh, even worse than what they already are. Um, Why so, not? I like Kyle Trask from Florida. I've seen a mock draft that gives that the the Vikings select him in the third round. Why would you not take him instead of Wilson or 
You want Justin Fields, fine. You want uh, Trevor Lawrence, fine. You want Trey Lance, I don't know. The arm, the arm strength and the athleticism. Great. Uh, Zach Wilson, or is that what's his name? Zach yes, Wilson. Zach Wilson from BYU. He's he's my Trubisky. He's my Josh Allen. He's my Jake Locker. He's my guy that I think is fucking ridiculous. Oh. That he's a top pick. He's he's my guy this year. That no, he, you know, and if he's gonna go to the Jets. How do you think that ends up? I think Come if, on. I think if Come Mac on. Jones goes three, I think he could be the Trubisky, and not that's necessarily because it's Mac Jones. It's because of where he's getting selected at. I think you have other guys who are better than I would say Fields and potentially Lance would be better than Mac Jones you would hope at so. three. You would think. But Kyle Trask, I would first round, second round, third round. I would take my chances with him versus. I don't say anybody else, but most of them, except maybe the top one or two. You know, you know who I want, Krenz? I want Kellen Mond. The uh, Texas eh. Yep. And again, I'm going to pass on him, but yeah, why not? We can get him, you know, fourth round, whatever, third round, sure. I, I think either Mond or Trask would be a great pick for the Vikings in the third round spot. Oh, I, I'd go nuts if they got Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. I, he just fucking lit up Alabama. In the SEC yep. title game, that was good. Yep. A lot of teams though lit up Alabama's defense this year. Yeah. Yeah. True. Very true. But yes, we have a couple of weeks to talk about it here, and we will have more draft talk here coming up shortly with uh, Jeff Lloyd, uh, second from the Lockdown Browns yeah. podcast. So actually, about that, and uh, with with Jeff Lloyd joining us here to talk about the the NFL draft and stuff, uh, due to some. Scheduling issues that, you know what, Jadavian Clowney signed with the Cleveland Browns. Defensive end, uh, originally drafted by the Houston Texans, now with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so Jeff has some, uh, you know, Clowney signs with the Browns. Jeff has some stuff to do uh, regarding, you know, interviews and talking, uh, breaking down the analysis, the podcast is on radio stations. Very busy man. So we are going to... Uh, push Jeff's appearance to next week. We're actually going to have him on twice next week, so we'll kind of bookend. We'll we'll do two different segments with him. Uh, kind of record it, you know. Obviously, the podcast is kind of recorded. As you could just tell by my immediate jumping in there. Um, kind of if he cut whatever. Uh, he'll join us next week. We'll preview both the offensive players and defensive players. So a massively expanded uh, the podcast next week. Uh, breaking down players, and then the following week we'll do a mock draft with him. So, uh, just scheduling complications that happens here on the Sports Block Podcast. We get that, we understand it. So, uh, with that being said, thank you as always to Travis. Sorry, cut him off there at the end. So, uh, Travis, as always, there wasn't much further there that we had to go into. So, uh, Thanks, as always, to Travis Krenz for joining me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStack and Travis Krenz at Travis Krenz. Facebook, Nathan Stack, and the link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. So, again, next week, uh, double segment with with Jeff Lloyd, uh, for, second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, previewing the – talking about – the depth of this draft, offensive players, defensive players. So looking forward to that. Uh, as always, Travis will be on. We'll figure out what we'll talk about here, baseball and, and whatnot. A lot, you know, conference realignment stuff this week. You know, Last week we talked game show hosts and, uh, and NFL announcers. This week, 
Conference realignment blowing up. I mean, what's the Southland going to do? What's the MIAC going to do? The WAC. Is the WAC back? Apparently it is. It's quite wacky. So uh, we'll have something to talk about next week as well, besides the baseball, of course. Uh, so for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of Sports Block Podcast. Again, podcast available on podcast.com. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Big edition here with the uh, lots of draft talk and stuff. Lots of draft talk here coming up over the next several weeks, including breaking it down after uh, the first podcast in May, after the draft is over. So again, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.